Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the doctor as she travels the vortex and fetch your dog. We're arriving at episode 509. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? How are you? Are you feeling better this week? You were under the weather last week. Quite a bit better. Yeah, Still have yeah, a little yeah. bit of a cough occasionally and a sometimes stuffy nose, but other than that, not bad. Never got as bad as I did last time either, which oh, was that's nice. That's good. That's good. I think it's because I stayed on top of my Advil Colton sinus right away. Uh, I, uh, I was a little I was a little froggy on Thanksgiving, but other than that, it wasn't too bad. I've been congested, but mine's mostly from allergies, fall allergies. So I'm sure these fluctuations of what uh, the temperature doesn't help either. Yeah, it's not one day it's fall, one day it's spring. I, you one know, day it's fall, one day it's spring. I wouldn't <laughs> consider. I mean, Sunday was in the 50s, which I guess I'd consider fall weather around here. But we have been unseasonably warm for most of the last two weeks. Yeah, we hit 70-something today, which is so unusual. Oh, I mean, well, I not for Kansas, but <laughs> for <laughs> well, this time of year. It's, it's, for nearly December, it it's is. It's <laughs> in the unusual area. Kansas, you can't rule anything out, but it is yeah. in the un- unusual area for our area. Did you guys do anything this week? Did you watch anything? I watched, uh, let me start. I watched, uh, maybe you guys did too. Um, the first two episodes dropped on Disney Plus of Hawkeye. And I am thoroughly enjoying that. That was a really, really good first two episodes. We watched episode one and haven't gotten to episode two yet. Mm. Two's even better. We started on Tuesday. Ah, well, two's even better. I'll say that. Um, Holly was not really getting into episode one, but she really got into two. So if that's any indication of how better, much better it gets. I liked them both equally. And Mm. I think a lot of... There were we won't talk too much about them because I don't want to spoil anything. But there were a lot of little connections in there that me as a comic fan kind of squeed over. Um, there was one sighting that I agree with other people is probably a sign of someone to come, and they are doing a lot more of the mat fact fraction uh, run like ideas than I expected. It's still quite different because I mean, Kate Bishop was already a young Avenger by the time that series came about, but. Um, they are borrowing a lot more from it than I expected them to. So I, that, that's also pleasing because I really enjoyed that season, that, uh, series. I like that episode one. We just hadn't had, had the time to get back to sure, episode yeah. two yet. Well, they're 40 minute, ep- 45 minute episodes. So yeah, I will definitely get it watched before Wednesday though. Although <laughs> I probably won't get the new episode watched on Wednesday. So mm-hmm. yeah. And Caitlin was home for Thanksgiving, so I took uh, her and Mason. Mason and I had already seen it, of course, but we we went and saw uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife again. So, and thoroughly enjoyed it the second time. I um, <laughs> I I have always seen the four uh, what is it forty max uh, theater down there, and I've always thought I don't know that I want to spend that kind of money to do something that's that gimmicky. And I <laughs> got online and I bought her tickets for the one thirty show. And it was kind of expensive, and I didn't think anything. I didn't think anything about it. And, uh, <laughs> actually, I, I did. I thought, oh, I didn't remember the grand screen being this expensive. I think is what I recall myself thinking. And but I thought, oh well. And so we got to the movie theater, and Mason's. I said, uh, I started towards the the grand screen, and Mason goes, "We're in six. And I went six. I said, "Did I buy the wrong?" T-? And I looked at the thing that said theater six. I was like, 
what did I do? So we turned around and started going to Theater 6 because I thought, I'm sure they only have one grand screen. And as we walked down the hall and we saw the sign for that, I was like, oh, and Mason goes, did you accidentally buy tickets to the 40 Max? <laughs> I said, I guess I did. <laughs> so we watched it in 40 Max, which is actually quite fun. I, I, I enjoyed the experience. I think the kids enjoyed it more than I did. I think the only thing I didn't like is they have the strobe lights in there. The, the you know the air in your face and the seats moving and everything like that was fine I loved that but the what and there's a lot of flashing in the movie so every time there was a flash in the movie they took advantage of those strobe lights in there and man those were they would they would blind me to the point where I couldn't see what was going on, on the screen half the time but mm-hmm. so I, I could do without the strobe lights but the rest of it was fun I don't know that I could I don't know that I would do it very often again but for a one one time experience I enjoyed it. So what about you guys? Did you do anything? We took the grandkids and uh, went and saw Encanto. Ooh, how is how that? Is that? that looks really fun. It was really fun. It's uh, it's light and uh, uh, it's it's just kind of a fun magical uh, slice of whimsy, and it's got a a few I don't say darker, but a few more serious themes kind of running throughout it, and finding your place in the world and that kind of thing. It was good. Nice. Looking forward to beautiful, it. beautiful animation. I mean, you you go to a Disney movie and you say that it's kind of well, yeah, of course, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody got their uh, Christmas up. We got our tree up in our living room. Uh, most of the living room's decorated now, and then I put well. <laughs> I was going up to clean the gutters. So, so last year I put the, the lights up on the top of the roof, which we have a you know two-story house. And uh, that's kind of a chore, especially because there's a, an easement over the uh, – or a, a, a little miniature roof over our porch that you really can't stand on because it won't hold you. But it also you, doesn't allow you to put a ladder up to reach up there. So it's a, it's a challenge to put our lights on the roof. Last year, I put them up and, and I used these nice little plastic clips and, and they went up there really nice and I got them all set. And I, I, I had ended up, ended up getting on the roof to put them up, which I hate. I don't like bit, like hanging over the side of the roof to put these on, but I did it. Yeah. I got them all up there last year. So when it came to take time to take everything down last year, I thought, you know what? I'm just going to leave those up there because they're, they're white uh, translucent bulbs that are um, uh, LED and they, they change colors. So when they're on, they're a color or, or several colors. They rotate between red and green, I think. And uh, so I just I thought, you know, I'll just leave them up there. And so I went and I plugged them in at the beginning uh, at the uh, uh, or just uh, like a week ago. I plugged them to make sure they worked. And they were still working. I was like, OK, that's great. I'm, they're working this year. So I'm, I'm, I'm sorted. That's done. But I, there was all kinds of leaves up in my gutters. I, oh, I got to get there and get the leaves out of the gutters. Well, as I went across pulling leaves out of the gutters, I looked behind me and lights are starting to like dangle and hang and droop. I was like, what? What's going on? I was being super careful. And what I didn't realize is that the clips, they just were up there all year, got weathered and brittle. And any little, Mm -hmm. little just brush against them would break them. And they just, they started coming down and I was like, you know, I, I, I don't, I can't do this again this year. So I pulled them all the way down <laughs> and put them up. I lined, uh, I, they're really nice lights. I love the lights are great. We went ahead and did the, cause we have that lower overhang. And so we went ahead and lined that lower overhang with those. And 
I still got some lights to put in the bushes, but we got the inflatables up. But I was really disheartened because I thought, you know, I, I thought I had a solution. I just would have them up there. They're clear. You don't see them very well the rest of the year, but oh well. <laughs> yeah, I encountered that with my clips. I would come across one that, that when I pulled the lights down, stayed on the roof. I was like, oh, yeah, it's perfect. I don't have to worry about taking those off. But then yeah. I tried to clip lights in and it did just break. Right, right. Well, we got our tree up and our lights up. So that's after our, we had a casualty of our roof lights last year. Somehow the, the cord got cut or chewed through. So we didn't have any squirrels. roof lights. Yeah. yeah. So we, I found some new ones and I wound up getting some that were just the perfect length to go just the front of the house oh, wow. instead of wrapping around. So right. I'm pretty happy with it. Oh, good. I actually got our lights put up this weekend too, since it was so nice on Saturday and I'm still feeling it. <laughs> yeah my muscles are sore from going up and down the ladder and i didn't even that wasn't even for the lights that was just for the leaves <laughs> and i and i don't have a tall overhang like you i just have the <laughs> you've got the one just level. around the I, one uh, level around the back and done i uh went and got my booster on saturday and i thought oh, you know it's not not too bad a little tender we'll see how how it is and the, the plan was to do the gutters on sunday because i wanted to wait until it was a little cooler because you know i'm I'm more of a cooler, you know, weather kind of guy. And so I got up Sunday morning and I thought, oh, no, I couldn't li- couldn't lift my arm. It was so sore. <laughs> and I thought, how am I, I got to do this? This is the last, probably the last nice weekend I get to do that and put the, you know, any lights up that we were going to put outside. And uh, so I was going up and down the ladder with that bruised and, and tender arm and everything was okay and i was like okay well I, I i didn't seem to aggravate or anything and then last night it was just throbbing so bad and oh. it's still it's still hurting today so i probably shouldn't have done that after getting the booster but oh well <laughs> you should have done it the day you got the booster that's, yes that's what they say is you got to exercise it the day you get the, yeah. the shot that way it doesn't hurt the next day yeah i think you're right because and then sleeping on it last night oh every time i'd roll over i was like nope nope roll back the other way <laughs> well did you guys do anything else this week we watched tick tick boom oh yeah oh, how was that it was good it wasn't what i expected but it was really good the trailer makes it seem like it's a lot more of the you know the origin of rent and it's much more kind of just his life at that time uh-huh. and i guess he did uh it's actually based on a one-man play he did um between whatever his first screenplay is which is what the predominant amount of the movies about and the one-man show is about him trying to write and finish that play or musical and get it to broadway which I'm, i won't give spoilers because you know, but obviously that I can't even remember the name of that. So you can kind of see where that goes <laughs> and near the end of it, you kind of see where he starts to see, get the inspiration for rents, but it never goes so far as to even show you him writing songs for rents. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's don't go into it expecting to see a, uh, here's how he came up with rent movie. It's a, here's a, uh, almost play slash movie about the man who created rent but it's really good it's really good i'll have to check that out 
the cinematography and the direction on it, uh, Lin Manuel Miranda did a great job. It really felt at times like you were watching a one man play, but then the transitions to the filmed bits were just really well done. I, I yeah, I liked it a lot. Oh, good. Anything else before we uh, move into our review? We want to do our keyword up first this week. I think we should do our keyword up first. So if you've been following along, you know that you can win a copy of Looney Labs Flux Doctor Who game, uh, Doctor Who Doctor Who Flux card game. I, one of these weeks, I will get this out in one word. <laughs> I just, I, it, it'll be the first take. I'll get it right. It'll flow, and I'll feel good about myself. This is not that week. Uh, you can get a copy of Looney Labs Doctor Who Flux card game. I don't know why that's so hard to say. Um and all you have to do is uh, send us an email. And Glenn, what is that email address again? I was hoping it was written down here, and it's not. Uh, you can send it to uh, feedback at travelingthevortex.com, or you can go to travelingthevortex.com, and across the top of the page there is a drop-down menu call it that says, or there's a uh, link that says contact us. You can click on that and fill out the form. That'll get to us that way as well. And uh, so each uh, each episode that we've reviewed of the Flux series, we've given out a keyword. So you can email us the keyword and be entered to win this card game, uh, which if you've not seen it, you can go back and find the episode uh, where we, we, we have a fun and games, uh, a couple of fun and games episodes. And one of them, we played Flux on camera so that you could see how this game worked. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And so uh, tonight's word is division, D-I-V-I-S-I-O-N. So Email us division, and of course, you know your name and all that pertinent information, and uh, you'll be entered to win. Don't forget. Good luck. Don't forget each uh, keyword from each week is uh, worth one entry. So the more you got, the better chance you got to win. You could have up to six entries by the time it's all said and done, folks. <laughs> six chances to win. Hello, fellow time travelers, and welcome to the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast, the only podcast to discuss, in story order, all the Doctor Who novelizations. My name is Tony Whit, and every two weeks or so, I'm joined by a two- to three-person discussion panel, including our so-called expert who's been a Who fan since 1979. That would be me. We also get the views of intermediate, casual, and novice fans who either have never seen the show or who have never read these books until these podcasts, including Dalton Hughes and Allison Fitzsafried. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you find good podcasts, or even ones like ours. You're listening to Traveling the Vortex, a Direction Point podcast. All right, well, should we move on to our review? Survivors of the Flux. These are primal forces of evil that we're dealing with. Some forces I don't even understand yet. I think I'm at risk. Events like the Flux create ripples through time. It will have been foreseen somewhere by some smart people. You need to figure out that date and help the Earth. Pattern optimization in progress. We've been in this decades for three years now. Do you think we'll ever get back? Governor's the Tully Pirate Fleet. Earth's shield is now breachable. How do you expect to protect this pitiful race? I do not know. You seem remarkably proficient at this, this car. There's no use being squeamish. We've got the future to save. Can you feel the time force growing? It's working. Just as we planned. 
Um, somebody else go first. I need I need to percolate uh, and and listen to your thoughts. I think Sean and I have been going first uh, most recently the the most. So Keith, what do you want to start? Uh, this is kind of this episode is very much in the vein of like episode three, but even less contained. This feels very much like it's moving a lot of pieces in place in preparation for the finale. So in those aspects of things, in the larger scope of the story, I enjoyed it because I felt like things were coming together and we were moving stuff forward enough that we're going to have a satisfactory resolution to the entire story once it's all said and done. Now, I don't think every answer question that was posed in the season was going to get answered, but I think a large amount of them are. I mean, we learned where the flux came from and who did it, um, kind of the purpose behind it. I mean, there, we, there was a lot of information in this, in this story, especially about, you know, or surrounding the doctor and, a lot of the questions she's been asking herself about herself. So there's, there's a lot of that stuff. And then we got to f- kind of follow along with all of our side characters too, where we got to, you know, f- see what Dan and Yaz and, uh, Dr. Jericho or professor Jericho was, were doing in the 1900s, which I thoroughly enjoyed all of their antics of, yeah. it almost became like a, almost Indiana Jones type thing where they're, you know, hunting relics and trying to get information that, um, which while it was enjoyable, felt a little circumspect that send them on this goose chase of, you got to find out what date the world's going to end. Um, in the night, granted the doctor didn't know it was in the 1900s, but the idea that, you know, these prophets would have seen it. It felt like there should have been more of a science explanation of why and how things were going to be able to be, you know, foreseen way back in the day. Um, that's the only kind of niggle I had on that part. I, I'll defend that just to the point that I think that I agree 100% with what you're saying. I wanted a little bit more of the science behind it, but I just don't think they had the time. And I think so. Mm-hmm. I think this was a satisfactory shortcut uh, because of the fact that we were limited into time. So I, I'm kind of giving them a giving them a pass for using that device because I think it could be expounded upon or it could be a drop mention later at some point. Somebody can fix that I think in, in the future. So I, I don't I I'm with you hundred percent. I wanted more of a a logical explanation for that, but I'm giving them a pass because I they just don't have the time for it. Well and they really didn't give us a logical explanation for I been blanking on her the character's name last week of how she was able to have premonitions i mean they kind of hinted that it was because of the angel but they didn't come straight out and and say that because we don't know when the angel implanted in her if it was before you know she got transported back or if it was when she got transported back with that part was all very hazy so the premonition aspect is kind of just continuing on in that thread. Yeah. So I, I kind of hand waved it. I was like, okay, that's related to that somehow. Maybe. Yeah. We kind of talked about 
<laughs> how weak that was uh, anyway. Although, yeah, I think that the, that maybe there's some, you know, they always talk about, although I, there's, I think eh, I, I, I'll back away from that. Cause that's probably not a good defense. As I say, there, there's always been psychic ability in uh doctor who but i think they've always framed that kind of in a scientific way as well so i i don't suppose that's probably or at the very least at the the very least it's always been an alien psychic ability which i can then wave away because it's you know alien physiology and not humans well when it's human it's kind of a little bit more circumspect to me uh, okay you know like the i guess the doctor maybe not psychic ability, but you know, the mental capacities of what she can do compared to everybody else and other species very similarly have been, you know, being able to connect minds just by touching all of that sort of thing is kind of very gray area. And when it's aliens and that sort of thing, I'm okay with it. But when it's humans, I struggle a little bit more. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. I, I, I think, yeah, oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, I'm not going to run down a, 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 a yeah it's a, I'm not going to run down an argument on something that's kind of in, inconsequential so yeah it's it's a minor thing I've kind of always telepathy is one of those uh, telepathy that's the word I was thinking of yeah te- telepathy and, and, and psychic ability specifically in the Doctor Who universe oddly enough you, you guys know me I like a little science in my in my who yeah but I've kind of always treated those elements of it as it's just a science that we don't maybe quite understand at our level, but it's certainly a thing for the doctor to be telepathic or for the master to be able to use hypnosis or for, you know, so, so with otherworldly beings, it's not unusual at all. Um, but when a human does it, it's, I just kind of chalk it up to, well, they've managed to unlock that part of their brain right? and uh, the rest of us haven't caught up to it yet. You're explaining that much better than I could. That's why I backed <laughs> off and didn't. Yeah, that, I agree with that, Sean. That's, that's how I've always chalked it up is it's, it's sort of the, the one in a, a, a thousand people or one in a hundred thousand people that have just managed to be able to find, tap into that ability. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Now, if you come out and tell me, "Oh, ghosts are real," now I'm going to be like, "Okay, you're going to have to back that one up." <laughs> that one is, you know, that becomes supernatural, and it's not a, you know, zombies. Mm, no, that's not a thing. Telepath, you know, telepathy. Okay, I'll buy that one. I don't know why there's a there's a line there, but there is. Everything on this side of the line is okay. <laughs> I think maybe the, the, we could take this kind of piece by piece because I think that that might be the best way to approach it this week. Since then, you were talking about the Indiana Jones style adventures. I would agree. I, I really quite enjoyed that. I don't think that we needed them. I don't think it needed to have been them having been stuck three years in the past because I think that diametrically you would change your your relationship would change and be maybe a little different than it was uh perceived in the episode or than it was displayed in the episode i think they would have had a little more of a tight-knit uh group there and it really kind of felt from the performances that they were still not quite you know a team yet uh, themselves now they they tried they, they they made that effort so i i when they said three years i thought it doesn't really feel like these three people have been together for three years yet you know i think they could have easily said we've been stuck in you know the the uh early 20th century for a year and a half or a year i think that would have been fine to still have 
gone and traveled the world to find things. Now, granted, world travel was harder to do in the early 20th century, so I'm sure that's why they picked three years. But um, I, I didn't believe that they were as close as they could be from the performances, having been together for three years. It also kind of felt like Yaz was like being... As, and I enjoyed this aspect of it. Yaz being the leader of the group. Yes. Like, yes. and that, and that I, I could almost excuse them not being as tight knit because Yaz has stepped up to be a leader and the other two are just following along as opposed to becoming a, a cohesive, flat, structured team. It's a, a leader and her, uh, you know, uh, subordinates for yeah. lack of a better word. And so I can kind of excuse that lack of tight knittedness based off of that. I think this also gives, uh, Yaz number one, uh, brings her to the forefront. We're finally using her in a way that I think that Yaz needs to be used too bad. It's out of necessity and separation from the doctor. However, yeah. on the other hand, I think we all kind of were hesitant when when uh, we we felt Yaz going down that road of okay, what would the doctor do? I'm going to be more doctor like because of what we experienced with Clara with Clara. But this here is the right way to treat a companion that's trying to be much more like the doctor by putting her in this sort of situation gives her the opportunity to think and do things like the doctor would to use her experience that she's learned from the doctor in order to employ that in her leadership skills, in her talent for looking for things, for seeing ideas, being perceptive. And I think also her aptitude is from the fact that she was also uh, formerly a police officer or still is, I don't know, a police officer. So I think that helps as well. But I think this is the yeah. right way to kind of present that what would the doctor do and take on more of those doctor like qualities? I'm sure she's burned through all of her vacation time by this point. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on when she gets to go back. That's right. She goes yeah, back the same know. day. We're good. <laughs> Anyone else think it weird that she had qualms with stealing the little whatever it was, but didn't have qualms dumping the body? <laughs> <laughs> It it it, then, it did cross my mind a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it did cross my mind a little bit. I chalked that up to stealing the thing is like potentially a we don't want to mess up the timeline for, for you know whoever's going to unbury this tomb later. Yes, which I presume is how they knew this thing was there. That is true. Okay, um, yeah. versus the body it's like well he attacked us and then he committed suicide so i i, I don't have any control over that <laughs> i guess i just wish they would have framed her concern of it over that way more than well this is theft yeah <laughs> surely they could have explained that reasoning a little bit more eloquently i also yeah your, your your pc is showing i also <laughs> sort of wanted a um throwaway comment um which is so eloquently done in star trek the voyage home how do we know he didn't invent it how did how do we know we were we weren't we were the ones to discover it uh so i i think that would have maybe helped that you know situational of okay i feel bad for stealing this because we aren't necessarily the ones meant to be stealing this but they could have fixed it by kind of saying well who knows maybe we were the ones meant to steal it in the first place yeah, that seems like a very John thing to say. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> Almost a wasted opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that could have been a great laugh. <laughs> uh, I like... Go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go no, ahead. No, go ahead. 
I'm I'm with you guys on. Now keep going. I I, I got to frame this. I was gonna say I like that it all led to the Williamson stuff, and we finally kind of figure out what's going on with that guy. Yeah. Although yeah. we don't get a very good of explanation of why, you know, all these tunnels lead to different various places. That's fine. Whatever. Uh, I'm assuming it's going to be explored more or given some sort of hand wavy line drop at some point. But the fact that we actually get kind of a, a revelation of, Oh, that's what this guy has been doing. And that's why he's been popping up everywhere. Right. And I thought it was a pretty cool idea that, you know, he's been digging tunnels and finding entrances to other time zones or whatever you want to call them and going through them and trying to find his way back. And I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I yeah, agree. agree I felt like the, uh, the payoff of it was, worth it as a matter of fact i kind of want to have more exploration of them i want to know where all those doors go and what the one door why it was do not go it's only death well, now i want to see that door <laughs> <laughs> you guys know that joseph williamson was an actual historical person who built tunnels a series of extreme subterranean tunnels underneath liverpool i, I assume so i didn't know that and i thought well if this is based on it so i did some looking and, and sure enough it is and there's really a bit of a mystery as to why he did it. Some people think it was he was he was excavating uh, areas in order to for uh, archaeology or anthropology. Uh, I guess there were a lot of uh, uh, there was a lot of rumor surrounding why why he was digging down there, and so there's always been sort of this air of mystery. Um, but they did. Uh, uh, ultimately decide that he was probably just kind of a uh, bored guy who had a lot of money <laughs> and wanted to explore underneath the uh, the city so <laughs> okay okay now wait i i assumed when when this guy showed up i just kind of chalked it up as, as i frequently do with doctor who uh it's probably a real historical person a a figure of some import uh, in in uh, in the British society, and if it's a really intriguing one, then I go and do the research and look them up because I've been I you know they've tickled my intellect and I'm like oh I, I want to know more about this. This guy I just kind of assumed yes he's somebody of renowned who dug tunnels. I assumed apparently incorrectly that this was you know in preparation for subway tunnels under London or and I almost kind of half expected after the first episode that we were going to get a. Uh, a great intelligence crack, but uh, <laughs> you're telling me this guy did all of this stuff without the sanctioning of any <laughs> government. Uh, well, he owned the land yeah, at the time. He, he, oh, well, he, okay. He didn't own all of it. He dug into areas that he wasn't supposed to, but yes, he did. He did <laughs> buy up the tracts of land that he was tunneling under for the most part. Yes. And also, I should say part of that, I, a lot of people suspect that he was he was a philanthropist. So they feel like he was doing it simply to give he, it, he was curious, but he also was doing it to give uh, jobs to poor people. And so people actually admired him because he was giving work to people that needed work at the time. And so he would pay them to dig these tunnels. But 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 essentially, he was just out there ghostbustering too, <laughs> yeah. digging holes in the streets of London and nobody questioned. Nobody stopped him. This kid's mm -hmm. is the power of money. You just have to have money. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> you want to go dig a hole in the street? <laughs> Knock yourself out. I'm flabbergasted at that. I really. 
Like I said, I just assumed he had, you know, there, there was a, it was a construction job. There's a trailer full of paperwork somewhere. It's just off camera, but no, he's just, huh. Okay. You learn something every day. Um, I, I really enjoyed the, 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 the Yaz stuff. Uh, and I, I didn't mind the three-year gap so much as uh, it felt very story of Martha but done so much better. Yes, agreed. Um, and in fact, I could have dealt with a whole episode of them kind of globe trotting around. And uh, well, I uh, want a spinoff series. <laughs> yeah, that's your Jericho spinoff series right there. Yeah, more, more of that. Um, e- even though the the uh, Dalai Lama jokes uh, were kind of lame with the hermit, I'm just teasing you. Like. Really? Oh, I enjoyed that. If you enjoy, if you, I enjoyed well, I laughed so and I thought, I enjoyed you know, that if you're so teasing much. people, I don't get the chance to tease people. And he kind of giggles to himself, like, I haven't done this in a while, and I really miss teasing people. It's like, well, if you miss teasing people, you shouldn't have been a hermit. <laughs> but I, I think I think what I like about that is it, subvert, it subverted any sort of expectations I had, because a lot of times yeah. people go to a hermit and they get the answers that they seek, and it's always this religious you know, uh, experience and, and to have this guy cracking jokes the whole time that they're up there to get there. And, 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 uh, uh, Jericho says at one point, he says, we walked halfway up the mountain or all, almost all the way up the mountain in order to get three words from you. <laughs> I, <was just> like, <laughs> I loved that. I think it, it completely subverted my expectations as far as what was going to happen with this hermit. Well, the best part of it was when he asked for, you know, you didn't bring me a paper or anything. And John goes, yeah, seems kind of rude. It does seem kind of rude now that you think about it. <laughs> that was the best exchange yes. out of that whole bit. Um, so, yeah, I really could have used more of, of, of them. Uh, and then Yaz, I don't I don't know. I, I There was a part of me that felt like I really liked the fact that Yaz has kind of taking control of this yeah, uh, yeah. whether because of her, her police upbringing or you know or or just uh that she i mean she technically does have more experience than either of these two guys uh at, at the wonkiness of traveling with or without the doctor um so that that totally made sense to me but then i couldn't help but feel that there were shades of, of Clara there. And we'd mentioned this before that it just like, I, you know, I'm not quite sure where they're going with this and uh, the perceived distance between the two of them. And yet the hologram really softened that element of it. I think that's, ex- I think did. that's exactly what makes this work is the fact that she's still learning. She's still getting, She's still tasked by the doctor in this situation. She hasn't taken upon herself to be doctor-like. That's what that's what Clara did. She tried to be. She tried to go off on her own and be doctor-like. Yaz is still purposeful because the doctors put her on this path, and so that makes more sense. And and again, yeah, as you said, the the stone that she's carrying around with the hologram in it that softens it so much. So and and it 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 it. it uh, uh, reassures you that this is a path that the doctor put her on and trusted her and knew that she was ready for this, even though it was quite last minute because she wasn't sure she was going to, you know, where it was going to happen because she gave it to her before. Um, well, the, the angel took the TARDIS, I guess, is when she said. Yeah. 
So that, that, that was all cool. Um, and I, I continued to, I, I was so thrilled. I, I'd almost forgotten that Jericho was stuck with them. So then when he showed back up as part of the troop, I was like, oh yeah, cool. I, you know, I get more of this. So that, that was great. Um, what's the next thing you guys want to talk about? <laughs> well, let's talk about the, um, uh, well, let's talk about the, the Bell and Vendor because this, there's, there's not a lot here and that'll lead us into, uh, Carvinista's part as well. But I did appreciate the fact that Vendor arrives at that place right before or right after she's leaving which is as just she's that getting taken yeah, away. that, that yeah. near that near miss and she hears as carvinista basically yeah recalls the ship he hears the hyperdrive and he says he, he acknowledges his hyperdrive somebody was was off in a hurry or something like that and so it was that, oh, no, you just missed her. But I appreciated the fact that they did that and kept that kind of thing, this near miss thing, because it will make it even more uh, poetic when they finally get together, which I hope they do. Because yeah. if they don't, I'm going to be upset. Yeah, I was a little uh, when, when he detects the warp signature, I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I am so not happy over this. <laughs> But I'm right there with you. This better have a, a happy ending. Although, <laughs> I I have an inkling that I suspect I know where this is going, based on our conversation last week, and this kind of pushed it a little bit further into that. Mm, yeah, it's kind of looking like that's where they're headed with it. And if that's in fact where they head with it, I definitely don't think I will be happy with the fact that that's where they headed with it. But again, as Keith pointed out, it's we're in the middle of the story act somewhere, so you can't in, can't really nail it down yet. You're intriguing me, and you're being very cryptic, and I'm not figuring it out. So, <laughs> well, I don't wish to spoil it. Okay. Um, but, Unless you want me to puff you my, what's the word? Unless you want me to postulate the idea. I, I got a question for you guys because this leads into the, the uh, again, the carbonist and why he had to um, recall that particular ship. The one that broke free and left, did they do that on purpose or did something happen? I didn't catch why the one ship broke formation that caused the hole. I don't think they gave us a good explanation. Okay. It just kind of happened. So it wasn't just me. And he had to recall this ship in order to basically patch the hole was the idea, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why he couldn't get the uh, do the same thing he did with that ship with the one that just left, I don't know. Well, because he, he does mention, and I don't remember how it was said, but he does mention in a way that he that it's broke away from the ability to recall it he does he says it in such a way that it makes me think that it was it had detached from their whole uh, it was a malfunction yeah a, and that it could an operator error right well whatever it did it was no longer part of their computer system either it was the way oh, I, okay. the way i took it that's why he had to find another ship to to recall that was the way i took what he said now i may have just read more into it than there was there in, in my brain trying to fix it but it's more than I got, so I'm fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, I, I thought their interactions were were great. Bell, I'm really liking Bell. She yeah, is yeah. such a good character. For as little as we got, we didn't really get a lot. Yeah, there. that was uh, 
but yeah, they, they, they had the little firefight at first. And then suddenly when there's the, the explosions and the rumbling of the ship and they're like, what's going on? Suddenly they're on the same team. <laughs> now we're both in danger. Yeah. Um, and we get a nice kind of, and we'll get more into it next week. Uh, exploration of passenger and, you know, since Vinter gets sucked inside and finds Diane, that's a kind of a cool, oh, wait, there's more to what's going on. And obviously there's consciousness there too. So, yeah, which we knew, but it's cool to be reminded that, oh yeah, they're not dead. They're just been absorbed into them. Right. We also learn why the, why Swarm and Azir have been uh, collecting people uh, because they're basically building a, an engine in order to, get to where the division is hiding out between universes. So, or yeah, universes. Yep. Multiverse confirmed. <laughs> we knew they were going there. I think by last week or two weeks ago, we we knew they were kind of working their way to that. They didn't dwell too much on it. And, and we only have visual confirmation of two universes, but as it's revealed that it's, um, how do you say her name? Tech to she tech to one. She has um, uh, she she alluded to the fact that there were multiple universes and they just happened to be between the one that the doctor was in and, and another one. So and maybe how did, how did you guys interpret that? Did you, when they said multiverse? I got the impression of, well, yeah, it's multiple universes, yes. not so much like the marvel or dc version of the multiverse where it's another iteration of earth that just has variations like it's not a stacked multiverse it's no uh, no no you yeah, know it's it's multiple universes within the galaxy it's not the universe based always kind of known before anyways. yeah not the multiverse based on the string theory but the multiverse just based on different levels of universe like like there are different galaxies within a universe there are apparently different universes within another space so which, although we have seen parallel universes, we have, yeah, with, previously, uh, anyways. Pete's world, and but it, she didn't call it a parallel; she called it a multi-universe, right? But which, I think that yeah. I, I think that maybe wibbly wobbly, you can probably justify that maybe some of the universes are par- parallel, and maybe some of them aren't. I I don't. They didn't. I think maybe we may maybe we'll get a little more a little more explanation. Although with her ending up with her fate the way she did at the end. Uh, we may not, but uh, I kind of wondered if maybe they it was a different universe because she said they were moving to a universe where the doctor hadn't meddled or hadn't meddled yet. Yeah. And that could have been, you know, in the universe as a whole, just because she hasn't been there, she hasn't been able to do anything there. Or it could be we're done with this one because it didn't work out the way we wanted it. So we're going to move to another parallel one where we can meddle with this one and make things happen the way we want them to happen. I don't know. Well, and she even offered to leave Earth alone, you know. Yeah, yeah. Which implies that, you know, that the Earth could exist in that universe and still be just fine. And I don't know. It's... Yeah, it's I want, it's I want a bit better confusing. clarification. They didn't, they would, didn't would go it be into worth it, maybe it, well enough. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> I, I mean, realistically, at this point, what's left of this universe is not much. It, it, it appeared to be, you know, a handful of galaxies. Uh, and if Earth is at the exact center of this thing um, and it's compressing in, and we know from 
what Bell had said that it's, you know, pretty much divvied up into Suntaran, Dalek, and Cyber zones. Okay, so you left Earth alone. That's not exactly a selling point. And then even if you compressed everything else but Earth and just left the planet, well, what kind of existence is that for, for humanity? Right. You know, that, that they would be sentenced to one planet for the rest of their evolution, right. that they would never be able to evolve beyond, you know, uh, you know, th- there is no interstellar travel. There's no going to the moon. There's no, there's no nothing because that's it. Yeah. And, and, and even if it's a, a localized thing, um, I, I just, I, I'm, I had issues with that. It was uh, from a, no, I agree, but I also didn't necessarily believe that she was going to leave the earth. Anyway, I think she was using it as, yeah, she was using it as a bargaining chip. So I don't think, I don't think the doctor even would have agreed to based on your reasoning would have agreed to, okay, you leave the earth alone and, and I'll come with you or do whatever. I just, I don't, I think she would have realized that that was maybe the wrong thing to do. And ultimately, um, and it's very much right in line with, well, this is what villains do is yeah. like, well, what if I did this? And it's like, yeah, it's not a selling point here, kid. <laughs> um, not, not buying it. The, 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 <laughs> the reveal that this was, um, tech tuned, uh, tech two on, uh, I think we kind of saw that coming. I think I had seen somebody speculate that that was the doctor's mother. And when I saw that speculation, I don't remember where I saw it on YouTube or something, I kind of thought, well, the doctor's mom technically is tech to you. And unless we go into wherever, you know, ultimately this timeless child came from in this wormhole, because she did say she picked her up in front of a wormhole. So I kind of it wasn't it wasn't a surprise when when they kind of revealed that I was it was like, oh, OK, I kind of expected that. I mean, it didn't didn't lessen the the. Uh, uh, impact of the episode or, or the, the timing of that at all. But I did kind of see that one coming. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, uh, Oh my gosh, I can't believe they did that, but it was, a Oh yeah. No, no, okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Sure. <laughs> uh, if anything, it was more of a, Oh, we're, we're, we're going back to that story arc. Huh? <laughs> well, okay. For, you. <laughs> for anybody that's not enjoying that. Although we, I think we knew that was coming. I mean, come on. It wasn't resolved previously. Of course yeah, Chibnall's not going to put that to rest. He now, I I have to say, and and we'll 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 go on even further because I think there's a there's a big elephant in the room we still haven't talked about. But um, I I have to wonder in the back of my mind if Chibnall's setting up setting up a multiverse idea as a get out of jail free card for the next for for Russell T Davis that he could have, he somehow can explain that everything got shunted over into one universe. Like this would have to be the parallel universe uh, theory, the string universe theory, but uh, where, where everything got shunted at some point. So everything got shunted over into one universe where all of this other stuff happened really to the doctor and they can kind of, okay, that still happened in the continuity, but we can get shunted back over to this universe, which was the correct course. And, the doctor really was the first doctor really was the first. I'm wondering if he's leaving the opportunity for the next showrunner to say, I'm going to change this, you know, cause we know that Moffat changed the, the rule book with, uh, uh, uh the, uh, with Gallifrey, you know, the, 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 RTD decided that it was important to put 
the Gallifrey lore to rest and create this time war and everything locked behind this bubble. And Moffat was able to go, well, you know what? I think it's time to bring the Time Lords back and, and, and change that dichotomy as well. So I think maybe Chibnall's leaving himself a, well, I gave you this option kind of thing. Just That's just kind of in the back of my mind. Yeah, I, the, the way everything has been set up, I, I think as of right now, you can subscribe to either multiverse theory. It, it's it's it could be a stacked multiverse and they're moving between the void uh, of one to another which kind of i feel like based on the description that we're given in inferno when the third doctor moves over into the the, the parallel universe it kind of has that feel to it that they're in that space between that they're in the division between these 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 planes of existence but i also but feel i also like thought of house being between wasn't wasn't he between universes no, no, too? he was in a bubble pocket universe oh, okay on the outside of yes. a bubble on the it was outside kind of a of bubble the on the outside of universe, like its own universe it was a pocket universe a bubble universe. yeah but it could also be no it's just it's just another universe you know like like glenn said you know there's a galaxy within a galaxy well this is a universe within it but i that to me doesn't quite work as well just because i i've always kind of subscribed to the well, the universe is everything. That's, you know, well, as the, big as the you could, you know, that's the thing. The definition of root word of universe is everything. <laughs> so it's, it's difficult for me to suddenly go, wait, there's more. <laughs> Not again, one of the things that's great about yeah, science. There's, there's an everything here. And our, there's, a, there's an everything here and an everything here and an everything here. And more of everything there. <laughs> there's just more of everything. But I think depending on which way you want to interpret it or which way the incoming showrunner wants to interpret it will allow you to, you know, I, I, I don't think Chibnall's going to explain it. Yeah. I think that the, just, another it. universe is as much as you're going to get from it. And then if the next person wants to come in and say that it's a parallel universe that they moved into that has a Gallifrey and another Earth and another, okay, you know, the, then that in a way retroactively fixes things. Yeah. I also feel like that's an incredible cheat. I, 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 I don't know why, because you have to have an out. I get that. <laughs> there's there's got to be a, you know, you can't write yourself into a corner and then go, well, good luck with that. I mean, but you, you have to leave a, well, a door or a window or something open. But it just feels like yet another reset button. Well, yes, and and I I think I I'm a little I have a little bit of a problem with that because like you say if if he's leaving a reset button then it that bothers me a little bit. I think if you're going to if you're steer, steering the ship and you're changing the course of the lore of the series, you should just own it up and and keep going with it. I'm I've yeah. never I've never really had a problem with the whole timeless child idea. I've never had a problem with of a mysterious past life for the doctor. To me it makes the doctor's life even more mysterious. Even if you don't give us all the answers, it adds some of that mystery back into the doctor's past. And so I've always found the timeless child thing an idea fascinating and I think it only builds on the lore of Doctor Who. It doesn't I think what we what happens is we come become very stagnated in what's come before and we frame new stories around everything that that we seem to have some bible for which is okay to have all of this stuff in the past but i think if you're not building on it you're not going anywhere with your series and so you're with the series and, and and building on it and i think that's what i think chimble took a chance to do that and i think he's i think he's doing a fine job with the lore building part of it 
I just I hope he doesn't leave that. I hope he hasn't caved to the pressure of, oh, I don't like this. I don't like what you've done to my Doctor Who. So he's like, all right, well, I'll leave the next guy away to get out of this. I I hope he hasn't done that, but it sort of feels like he has. Well, it definitely feels like he's giving, considering the stakes that he's put in place for Flux, regardless of how they handle the Doctor's past uh, and future shows, He's definitely built himself an out for how the show can continue beyond the stakes of what has happened in this season, because I don't see at this point any way that they could undo the flux damage that has been done. So we kind of have to move on to this next universe in order for the show to continue. Yeah. 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 I mean, unless she gets in the TARDIS and flies into the middle of a, collapsing star and reboots the universe again <laughs> well yeah <laughs> they've done it before <laughs> this is true well and that's an, another thing that for all of doctor who's kind of previous rules about no you can't travel between universes we sure can when the you know when the story when we calls come up with, for it yeah. when the story calls for it we can come up with a creative way of doing it yeah i just um, i don't think you can lock your i don't think you can lock yourself into hard and fast rules about a universe that's always or, and by the universe i mean doctor universe that's that's ever expanding and changing and, and reforming itself and becoming new things i don't think you can lock yourself into uh well we can only have so many gener- regenerations if you can give me a good explanation for why you can get out of that rule, then it all the better. But I don't think you need to lock yourself completely into those rules. And I think that that's what Chimble decided going into this is I, 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 what I think he's done is he's done a little bit of both. I think he's done some lore building, but he's also put some emphasis on things that were inconsistent in the past. And, and I know as much as you hate it, I think it's a great idea that the, that the, uh, um, Morbius doctors are, part of her past as well i think it it opens things up and it it changes something that we thought was one way before some people didn't some people stuck with the whole idea that they were previous regenerations but most of us went along and said okay well we're going to go with the hive mind where everybody has kind of decided that those were just you know past generation regenerations of of morbius and then we're going to you know move on which was great but when you can come up with a new idea and say okay well let's unlock this and 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 make maybe give an answer to this in the past i like that i'm also not going to i i think i i posted the uh oh i think it was radio times had uh posited the question of the the mysterious house which we see again a glimpse of in this particular story this is my segue and they had postulated is this the house of lungborough and i'm still kind of in the back of my mind that chibnall's somehow playing with that idea for those people that are very much uh you know doctor who uh virgin new adventures are part of the continuity and you know uh, time lords are grown on looms and they're all these different house structures of, of legacy for each uh, higher up individual and the doctor has his own house and I I, I think he's maybe playing with that I, I may be completely wrong and I won't be surprised if we get to it and that house is something completely different but I really have to wonder if because he reached as far back as uh, that he might try to pluck although he said he doesn't read anything outside of the he hasn't indulged in anything outside of the uh, main continuity of the, of the shows. I mean, we've had 
showrunners have lied in the past. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I th- I think where I fall down on this is I, I hate to keep being the guy that's like, I'm just not happy with that story. I've been mulling it over, really trying to come up with a, okay, why doesn't this make me happy? Because like you, Glenn, I, I should be ecstatic that somebody has picked up a thread of something and managed to shoehorn in something new that we didn't know. The War Doctor is a perfect example of that, that we all thought we knew what we were talking about. And then Moffat said, eh, guess what? And gave us something completely new that nobody was expecting. And it became this great thing that we all loved. So why is this different? And I think for me, it, it, it falls into that. There are leaps of logic that I can take. If you make it make sense, if you craft something that fits into a certain hole, I will buy it. This does not feel like that. The, the whole thing with the timeless child feels like a very convoluted, uh, broken backstory that's being shoehorned into this without taking any of the, the, the greater ramifications, uh, in, into consideration. It, honestly, it feels a little bit like Star Trek discovery. It, it's got all of the hallmarks of Dr. Who, but it just doesn't really fit what has been established thus far in the show. And I know continuity and canon are kind of what you make of it. And especially with Dr. Who, I mean, let's be honest, this show has never given two figs about the whole thing, but for whatever reason, I'm having the hardest time getting my brain to accept that this is how it works. And every time they come up with something like, you know, okay, so the doctor was around and we just wiped her memory and that allows this to work. Okay. But then you, you give me a, a piece of the science, like, well, she still travels around in a TARDIS. Uh, but it's a, it's a police box and that doesn't jive with what we've been told before. So now you've got to fix that hole or like Star Trek discovery, you just kind of blow on past it. Well, the fan in me is going, no, I don't want you to blow on past it. I want you to explain how this works. If you're going to bring up that mystery, I want a satisfactory reason for, for why it's broken. And if you can fix it, then kudos. See, but I don't think we're going to get that. I think I, it's just going well, to be a, I guess, a thing. I guess maybe we just need to just sit back and wait because Chibnall's got three more stories. We got one that's coming next week. We got two more that are coming next year before he hands it off to Russell, who I, or, yeah, Russell T. Davis. So Isn't I there believe, four more stories? I, I believe three that stories? What you, three uh, specials. I think are, it's three there, specials. There are the three New Year's specials. One and then two others. There are three specials. Chibnall's doing the newer's one. And the next one. And I think, if I understand right, Jody regenerates in that one because the next special is the Centenarian. Is that what you, Centenarial? Uh, special for BBC, because that'll be BBC America, or not BBC America, the BBC's 100th year, and they're doing a special Doctor Who for that. And I think that's Russell's first one. I think that's RTD. No, I think story. Russell's first one's the 60th anniversary. That's what I meant. No, no, no. So there's the 100th episode, uh, anniversary oh, for so Chibnall will BBC, do so Chib- and Chibnall's doing. Chibnall will do this. The we'll do that one. Okay, I thought yeah. I had, I thought I had read that that Davis was taking over for 
that one, but you may be right. I may be thinking. No, he's he's taking over for the sixtieth. Okay, yeah, it's so, it's, it's so, the sixtieth that RTD comes okay, back. Okay, so yeah, so there you go. We've got three more, four more stories then, because we've got three specials and a story that's coming next week. So I think maybe we just need to sit back and see if Chibnall gives us more of this. He's he set something up. I I think that he's subscribing to the whole. Let's keep this mysterious until the very end, until I can give you a satisfactory. And now now in four more stories if it's not satisfactorily uh explained yeah i might feel a little more shunted by the fact that we went this road but i also think it also leaves open uh, a whole wealth of stories from other writers to tap into this and, and say okay well let's build on this timeless child idea why did this happen where is she from yeah i think that it gives people a chance to explore something different in the backstory of the doctor than we've had repetitively and i've enjoyed the re- the repetitiveness of, of the 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 lore that we have had but maybe it is time for something new for writers to to delve into when it gives future showrunners a chance to okay well we've established that we don't know where this doctor comes from now i could maybe set some of those things up and reveal some of those things as they go along and plus you know now with this revelation of the timeless child we don't have to worry about coming up with another clever idea of how to get out the doctor out of running out of her generations because right. she doesn't right we've moved, we've moved the goalpost again we've removed we've taken the goalpost away yeah <laughs> which uh, remember how much consternation there was about oh god we're gonna have a what's how are they gonna make it so that the show will keep going without beyond the regeneration limit and oh no and then people weren't happy with the answer Moffat gave either so it's not everyone's going to be happy all the time just and I, I i agree with glenn i'm i'm i've enjoyed what they've done and i don't have i haven't had any issues with it if you think uh, the only small complaints is the fact that you know when we first see Roos Tardis, it's a police box. Right, and that's just right. because they had to give us misdirection. But it's just like the duck pond. Part of me can record <laughs> <laughs> part of me can retcon that into the idea that if she had her memories erased, maybe when she regenerates into the first doctor, there's a maybe that's why he's when it sticks, when the chameleon circuit oh. sticks, he he thinks He's, he that's maybe that's why he left it that way because he has that in his mind that that was a form that he liked but he so in his subconscious and so that's why he's kept it that way all these years I, I don't know okay that, that, honestly it. that that fixes that a little bit for me that's yeah. something that I hadn't considered and that fixes that a little bit well that you gotta yeah. you gotta remember when that happened I was the first one to call that out and say that was I couldn't figure out how they were going to do that, that that was dumb. Yeah. I was the first one saying that was a dumb idea. How can it be that? And now here I am two years later. Going, <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is how I fixed it. Well, and that's, and that's again, the beauty of the continuity is whatever your head canon is going to accept. And I just need to get my head canon around yeah. it a little bit. The other thing we so, have to consider is there's that fob watch that's set there. And I don't know if you guys watched <laughs> the next time on Dr. Who, which I foolishly did. And, uh, <laughs> Oh, I watched it. that thing's getting times. open. That thing's getting opened. So that might hold all the information that we need on this timeless child thing and put that all to rest. Yeah. And like I said, I, I, I still fit very firmly into the, I, I'm not sure how I feel about it yet. 
I am, I'm more than willing to give it the benefit of the doubt and allow him to continue. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to end watching the show. I'm not going to be that guy and say, Oh, I'm done with it. It's terrible. Cause right. I've enjoyed the ride up to this point. Right. And so there, there, there's a lot of questions that I have and I'm hoping that at least some of them will be answered. It's fine. If you want to present the mystery as one of those, will it ever be solved? <laughs> But don't set up a mystery that you have no intention of, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Don't give me the, the the carrot or don't give me the stick without the carrot. Right. I, I, right. I want to have the, the hope of the carrot being at the end of the road. And so I think a lot of it will depend on how that's handled. And what makes me worry is the open. Yeah. Okay. We had a very cheap, this is how I'm going to fix the cliffhanger moment. She gets turned into a weeping angel and then immediately changes back and is like, okay, so here I am asking questions again. And I, it just, it robbed all of the drama out of that cliffhanger when that happened. And they kind of explained it with, well, we, 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 we turned you into this for transport, which, well, they kind of set that up in the last one. Yeah, but, I mean, but how did she revert back and forth? How did she have control over that? She, Why was she talking to a bunch of statues she, if they she, weren't? She didn't, Sean. That was what well, she was still in that, that like form. Thing. Yeah, she was still in that form the whole time she's having that conversation with Eric, those angels. She's just now able to communicate with them all at that point because she's in that form. So all that we see where she's walking around to all that, that was for our benefit. That's all in her head mentally happening while she's in that form. And she wasn't let out of that form until she was, that was all happening during delivery. And then when she's finally delivered to the division, that's when she's let out of that form. So that completely See, I dis- I, dis- I, I completely disagree with that because if it was in her head, if it was a form of telepathy or some sort of communication with the angels, why would you show her transforming back from stone angel status to doctor status just to have that conversation? You could have done that without that effect, but they went out of their way to do the effect twice changing well, her back to you again know, her. i think for for our sake it was a visual thing to put us off so that we didn't understand quite what was going on and then you kind of figure it out as we go and the reason she goes back to that is because again that's that's her mental state reverting back to the state that she's been in this whole time during delivery i i, I didn't have a problem with that at all I just think, you know, I've seen enough science fiction to know that you could have done it with a fog. You could have done it with a, uh, an echo. You could have put a filter on the camera. There's any number of things that you could have done quickly and easily that would have implied. It would have, it would have been boring know, though, in, in, her, in her head. It would have been boring because that, that visualization I think is still cool. I mean, it just, it looked cool every time they did it. So I, I felt like it, it just, it just robbed everything out of yeah. that. All, all of the energy, all you, you complain about, oh, they got out of the cliffhanger really quickly. That one was the killer of bad cliffhanger. Yeah, see, I, I felt that one was one of the best because they, they explained it and it made sense. And we didn't have to deal, we didn't have to deal with that whole delivery time because you always kind of think of that. Okay. Well, she, now she's encased. How long do we have to wait until she's released or delivered to where she's going? And you, I always in my back of my mind is how much of that do we have to endure? And I thought this was a nice little encapsulated way to say, okay, she's asking questions. She's trying to figure out what's going on. Where am I going? What? And when she, when they arrive, then she's released. And now suddenly she has questions for division because she knows where she's at now. I, I think it was she, fine. She essentially could take her seatbelt off and could move about the cabin. There you go. <laughs> That's a very apt description. <laughs> 
I'm not buying it. <laughs> I think the one thing, though, that we, we haven't talked about that uh, we're talking about continuity broken <laughs> is the the founding of unit. The whole uh, the uh, Grand Serpent who has inserted himself in the uh, foundation of unit and has been t- working his way ever so slowly <laughs> to a, a point of control. <laughs> Um, and it was pointed out this week and it was, it's pointed out in the episode that apparently the, uh, idea for unit was already germinating after the, uh, events in, um, uh, the war machines, uh, after he says the, that incident at the post office tower. So we know that it was the whole Wotan thing, which I think has been sort of alluded to is in the past in materials that that was kind of the nexus point. I think that we are very much and i and it does become problematic for the lethbridge stewart universe that that we all quite enjoy um in the books right now too it does start to set up some uh issues some 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 contradictory issues with some of the lore that's been established in the uh, extended universe with the brig what do you guys think about stepping back through the creation of unit See, I thought they did a fairly decent job of leaving it vague enough where I thought Lethbridge, the Lethbridge Stewart books could still fit in there in its infancy of, you know, because there's the obviously the conversation that the Grand Serpent and uh, the general dude have initially, yeah. which is kind of like, okay, I'm going to get the fifth operational core up and going. Okay, yeah, I don't have quite a name for unit yet. But then you jump forward to Wotan and it's now been established. And while it's kind of that part does become a little bit more hazy, but you can kind of do the unit dating hand wave away to kind of make that fit a little bit better. So I didn't really have much problem with it. Yeah, it's funny because even before the Lethbridge Stewart books came along, I kind of looked at the invasion uh, maybe because it's the first appearance of the brig but that to me kind of is the the cemented first just like if you want to look at genesis of the daleks as the 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 the, the firing of the first shot in the time war the in- invasion is the the kind of the first brick laid in the foundation of what would become unit even it's the first official it, story it's of unit. The first, well, I don't, I don't think anybody contradicts that. And I think we get the impression that Unit's already been set up by the time uh, the invasion happens. The invasion, yeah. Because he's yeah, already... I, I did. He's, I, I, I kind yeah, of assumed that they were just regular no, 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 military. He, no, but they, they have no, Unit no, logos and everything. It's, it's regular military for Web of Fear. Oh, I'm sorry. Web and, of Fear. Yeah, I'm sorry. okay. Web As I say, Web of Fear. And, and it was always sort of implied that Web of, of Fear was the reason for... The foundation of unit and it is unit. The it incident, is unit right. yeah it is unit by the time that uh the invasion happens yeah i okay, had the wrong you were, you were I, I met okay. Weber here. <laughs> okay um so i'd kind of always felt that but also tied in with that when, when they said oh ever since the thing it's like well okay so if, if we're looking at doctor who history from uh, an, an earth timeline point of view Wotan is kind of the first big event that takes place in present day. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. 
um, because like uh, uh, Dalek Invasion Earth and all those, I mean, those are, are well down the line. Um, so that's a future Earth that's been ruined. It's not our timeline that's been ruined. So if you're looking at it from a timeline of the 60s on, the, the Wotan, well, that's kind of the first one. Now, yeah, it's just a runaway computer, but it, it does seem to me that some form of authority somewhere would go, hmm, you know what? Maybe we need to we we need to have some sort of countermeasure in place for this. Which and while Lethbridge the the Lethbridge Stewart folks at Candy Jar uh, may have put an official date on Web of Fear, Doctor Who never really does. It's implied that it's present day, but we don't know when specifically the present day that is. I mean, according to Wiki, which is normally very accurate when we know of a specific date. Mm-hmm. just says 20th century yeah. so i mean those two events could have been back to back and very easily led to the creation unit or vice versa maybe you know web of fear happens before wotan we don't know for sure other than we know wotan was in 66 this could have been we assume it takes place in 68 because that's when it was broadcast but that doesn't necessarily mean that's when it happened i think the other thing though that that it, it, it does contradict, I think, somewhat in universe was who was setting up, because uh, I think it was uh, uh, it was Dougie that was the one that that came to Lethbridge Stewart about setting up uh, unit, and I, I maybe that's not sta- established within television continuity. Now I think about it, I may be crossing continuities, but. Um, I, well, regardless General of the Hamilton, fact, right? regardless of the, yeah, well, it's General Hamilton in the books for sure, who is one of the uh, starters. But but Hamilton was pretty much the uh, uh, fifth operational corps. He's the one that set that one up, which was the yeah. predecessor to Unit. And we haven't even quite got we haven't even quite got to Unit in the books because we've kind of gone around no, with that with with uh, that. So. <laughs> Um, and, and I, I may be fudging a lot of that because I'm, th- I'm probably drawing from the, uh, now that I think about it, I'm drawing from the novelization of downtime, uh, which co- sort of contradicts some of the things they'd already, they had set up in, um, uh, well, I think they've kind of worked around it, but some of the things they've set up in the Lethbridge Stewart, regardless, I think there are going to be some inconsistencies, I think between stuff outside, you know, or what do I want to, uh, uh, spinoff materials and actual Doctor Who continuity, and and so who who you know who's to say who's right and who's wrong? Um, Which and there always is, no matter yeah. what you do. Well, and the other thing is when dealing with unit. I mean, we we've got this whole joke about unit dating protocols. Right. Well, maybe it just extends back to even further been before the the thing was a thing. They they got they got it wrong even then. It's like when oh what are you doing? Oh, we've got the birthday cakes. We're celebrating the anniversary of the thing. Which one? Is it the sixtieth or the seventieth? I don't know. It's it's one of those. They don't well, even know. And, so and, like, and, eh. and we we can't discount the fact that Andy uh, Franco Allen wrote that wonderful book. Oh yeah. How the how the time war sort of is is the quasi basis foundation for the reason why there's some consistency in unit dating as well. And I think that, that oh, the doctor's I, uh, yeah, temporal and, well, because, back and forth over yes, his time. And you know, we have the different iterations of the, the brigadier meeting each other and remember recalling things differently. And I thought that was a neat little, okay, 
it was a neat little way to deal with it without actually putting stamps on anything. And I, I we have to remember that 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 exists as well. And I think that, that that was kind of a neat little way to go. Okay, this is how it quasi works. So maybe we can throw that theory into it as well. Maybe the 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 temporal <laughs> juxtaposition uh, affected that as well. And as um, I guess as as they explain, you know, the origin of unit in this, to, in my mind, you know, one person can't, I can't imagine one person alone being able to found something like unit. It would take a team of people. So why couldn't this person be one of the original people that we just didn't know about? I mean, there, yeah, one person can have the idea, but it's going to take more than one person to try to get everything up off the ground. Yeah. So it still easily can be hand waved away without an issue, in my opinion. I think it's more from the the timing standpoint. But again, I I, I can't. It's it's one of those things I can't I can't fly too big of a oh you got that wrong flag because well we don't know how long it took them to get things started and Gilmore. rolling and just because, just because Gilmore, Gilmore. Gilmore. Yeah. That's why I was Chunky. trying to think of. Yeah. Um, you know, just because they, they give a pseudo date of after this, well, it doesn't necessarily mean that's exactly when it happens, but re- regardless, it, it was kind of a, a neat idea. And there's another possibility too. I mean, we, we are dealing now with multiple, multiple universes. Universe. This may not be our unit for all we know. None of this is set in our universe, which gives them the freedom to play and wrap it up in a twist at the end. Yeah. So who knows? Yes, we'll see. Well, let's talk about Kate since we're here now, because I thought that was really, really neat. Um, I'm hoping yeah. that she will feature more in the last episode, and I'm sure she will. But it was really cool that it was that whole resolve. Uh, and, and I'm not sure we know exactly when that encounter is taking place. And the only reason I set that up is because of something I'm going to address here in a little bit. But um, I like the fact that uh, the Grand Serpent's able to, you know, remove these obstacles in his climb to uh, power. But Kate does, Kate sees right through it. Kate's not having any Mm -hmm. of it. And I absolutely love that because that's, that's exactly the Kate Stewart characterization of Kate Stewart that I think is right. And I think Chibnall got that right. Um, I thought it was really kind of neat concept as well that, okay, well, it didn't work this way. So the, the grand serpent decides to blow up her house and it, it, it fails, but she's going to fake her death and she goes dark. She calls Osgood and says she's going dark. So I thought that was a neat little transition of, okay, what's going to happen now? That being said, it is alluded to in Spyfall that, no, it was the uh, revolution resolution that unit was defunct or defunded and closed down. So, but I don't know where this is taking place, that particular scene, because we've gone through time. So this could be before that. And that could be the reason why it it, maybe it's said that that has happened because the grand serpent has worked it in such a way that, okay, make it seem like shutting it. Yeah, exactly. Make it seem like units gone. The other thing that I did notice, and we haven't, experience this because we live in the u.s not the uk but it does make some of the scenes in time fracture the immersive doctor who event in the uk <laughs> it, it does make some of those uh 
problematic from what I understand. So I don't know what the details of them are, but there have been a couple of people that uh, I follow that both have said, yeah, that kind of doesn't really gel. But again, we don't know when this particular thing is happening. So maybe those events could have happened before this or this happened, you know, between here and there. I don't know. So, well, the year stamp on the conversation they had was 2017. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. I did yeah. not see that. Oh, okay. I did. Yeah, so by the time resolution comes in 2019, yeah, they they're, would be they're, defunded. They're defunded. Yeah. Okay. All right. It, it so doesn't fix time fracture, but well, it, it might because well, I guess that's true because now, if time fracture is supposed to be now, yeah, then, that's yeah, yeah that it does it does make that one problematic. You're you're right. I suppose it still depends on how this is resolved. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. All right. Well, what do we? Let's... It makes me curious. Uh, I've fallen way behind on the unit box sets. It makes me want to know. Of course, I thought this when resolution happened. It makes me want to know how Big Finish is going to kind of try to try to tie this into their stuff of what they're doing. It was sort of made Cause... me wonder since they've been releasing newer stuff recently if they have maybe dated theirs back so that it's happening. Maybe they haven't said anything, and they've been able to be able to date it back. You know. Uh, 12th Doctor era kind of time because they just released Nemesis. Uh, which is, okay, I was about to look and see what that yeah, was. Yeah, Nemesis is, the, is the, the brand new one, and that's the one with Tom Baker as the curator. Hmm. In fact, I think it has 3rd Doctor, Liz Shaw, Kate Stewart, Osgood, curator, Harry Sullivan's and Harry in Sullivan. It. Oh, and, and I think Benton's in it as well, isn't he? I don't know. I just know curator and Harry. Another for sure. another thing that that sparked now that I think about it wasn't just the fifth operational, but the the shortage uh, incident uh, sparked unit from the uh, uh, remembrance of the Daleks. That incident in the in the uh, junkyard when the that was another uh, one because true. that that that's what brought together the countermeasures group. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I'm sure there's a way to make it work, and I'll figure it out. <laughs> it took me two years to figure out the TARDIS inconsistency with the Renegade Doctor. I'll get this one worked out. Well, uh, do we have any uh, final thoughts on on this before we start to close? We've gone a little long this time, but that's okay. Extremely curious to see where we're headed. Yeah, I think with this one, it falls down on the. I, I, I loved I loved this episode. I'm still enjoying it. I thought there were a lot of very strong moments. I think it, it did unravel some of the mystery, but it also kind of tied up some of the mystery as well. Um, I think that this is uh, right now we'll have to see where six lands because we've kind of had this even odd thing going on. We've had the first chapter was very it was fun and 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 had a lot going on, but it didn't didn't go anywhere. It had a lot of different par- moving parts. And then the Santaran story sort of, for the most part, had one encapsulated story happening. We had other things attached onto that, but for the most part, it was kind of, you know, one idea. It didn't It wasn't as loose. And then we had that third chapter, which very much, it's still probably my least favorite of everything so far, but it was still kind of that feel that, that disjointed. We've got a lot of parts moving, a lot of plates in the air. And then the, the angel story sort of slowed us down and said, okay, we're, we're going to focus a little more on one thing and still give you little things. And we're back to it again. So we've got this odd, even thing going. So we'll have to see what happens with six because 
I think six is now all of the chess pieces are being moved into place and six is going to be that thing where everything comes together. And I'm hoping that that's the case. I would agree with that. I, uh, while I was not a fan of this particular installment, waiting to see where it goes and really curious because there have been a lot of plates spinning. <laughs> there have been a lot of balls in the air and occasionally a character will show up and I'm like, oh yeah, you were in that opener and we hadn't really seen you since then. What are you doing here? What is your function in this? Story? We don't know yet, but right. it's, right. it's hopefully coming. Yeah, it, it definitely feels like a penultimate episode to a serialized season. Um, and that's part of part of why I enjoyed it was, you know, that I like this change that they've done with heavily serialized season of the show. And, you know, when you get to the penultimate, it's all the pieces getting moved into place where you can kind of see the end game coming. And I always enjoy that sort of thing anyways. So it's it's a, an episode that you won't pull out and watch by itself yeah but in the context of the season it's a good episode yeah i would agree yeah well and i don't think anybody pulls out individual episodes of children of earth to watch <laughs> yeah. no it's and it's like you don't pull out individual episodes of lost to watch or battlestar galactica or stuff like that there's not individual it's doctor who is a fairly unique show in the fact that you can pull out individual episodes and watch them stand alone. I mean, Star Trek is kind of the only other one that I can think of that you can really do that with in recent Bu years. Oh, okay. I was just saying, because you could do that with Buffy and Firefly. And <laughs> uh, even some of Buffy, a lot of, well, Buffy had a lot of, on, Buffy had a lot of yeah, Buffy had a lot of continuation, but you could still pull out an episode and go, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It depends on which seasons of Buffy you're looking at. Same with Angel. Uh, Angel probably within, Angel probably much less than Buffy, but yeah, yeah. Firefly, yes, you can watch any of those anytime. Keith, for the record, nobody pulls out individual episodes of Lost. <laughs> nobody, <laughs> nobody might. pulls out Lost ever. People pull out Lost all the time. Yeah. No, they just watch all of it. No, not anymore. We'd like to take a moment to mention that we are now part of the Direction Point Podcast Network. It's a network specifically for Doctor Who podcasts like ours. Other podcasts on the network include the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, the Doctor Who Target Book Club Podcast, Police Box in a Junkyard Podcast, and Time Streams. You can find us all at directionpoint.org. Be sure to check it out. All right, well, Sean, what do we got coming up with the schedule? In fact, I think we can maybe let people know what's happening out to the end of the year this time. Oh, must we? <laughs> well, okay, we, we must. We can keep everybody in the dark. And... Nah, we'll, we'll we'll let them know. Okay. All right. So obviously, we've got one episode left of Flux, and, and <gasps> you know, only one episode. That's right, only one episode. Uh, and, and it'll be uh, next week. The following week uh, after that has wrapped will be a uh, wonderful look. Kind of a. Uh, it's not really a lost episode anymore, is it? Lost in time. It's an uh, animated. Well, so. it's animated, so a lot of it's still lost. <laughs> <laughs> the, the just recently released here in North America, um, "Evil of the Daleks," uh, with uh, Patrick Troughton restored to, well, not restored, animated, animated, <laughs> animated to new heights uh, of glory, uh, which we'll be taking a look at that, and then. Uh, Obviously, we'll have uh, something special for Christmas. 
and then uh, New Year's. We get another uh, Doctor Who episode of New Year's. So we, uh, th- that's the kicker. We may not even have a resolution to all this next week. I don't know. I haven't read the synopsis for the New Year's episode because, well, you know, spoilers. And uh, I don't want to know. So don't don't uh, Twitter me and let me know is it out what's there? going to happen. Oh, yes, it is. It's out there. It doesn't give you anything. It doesn't give you Oh, it doesn't? No. Okay. No. I'm still not going to read it. Yeah. Um, but uh, That's, that's yeah. why I couldn't remember that it was out there because now I remember reading it and going, well, this doesn't tell me anything. <laughs> well, be sure to check out the website, travelingvortex.com, and you can get updates on the podcast. And if you get any value out of this podcast, why not consider putting some value back into it? You can do that by uh, clicking on the Patreon link on there and consider supporting us. And uh, we're going to be having some member exclusives coming soon just for you. You support us. Also, please consider giving us a five-star rating wherever you subscribe to the podcast. And make sure you join in the conversation on our listeners forum on Facebook. Is there anything else that we need to touch on before we close this show? If not, until next time, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied. Direction point! Direction point! A Doctor Who Podcast Network.